We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the King's Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, and I promised you multiple podcasts during the week with big name guests. Not sure that right now we can get a bigger name guest in Sacramento than the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, Mr. Luke Walton. What's going on, Luke? James, good to be on your podcast. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure you could find some bigger names uh, within our organization, but I appreciate the, uh, the introduction. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, look, you are, you know, you're like NBA royalty, right? Like your family has been part of the league for a long time. Um, you know, at, we'll start there. Like, your dad was at the game the other night. Just how much fun is it when he shows up and, you know, he sits in the media room and you're worried that he might ask a question or not. I'm just, yeah. it's, you know, it's, um, it's changed over the years, James. It used to be, you know, like any kid wants their dad at their games growing up. Um, and then I, as I became a professional, it was nice, but I didn't really think much about it. And, and then as I, I had a couple of my own kids and I have that, that bond with them now, like it's really made me appreciate those, those days or that time that we can spend together in that type of setting, because it makes me kind of think of like, you know, how proud I am of my kids and the relationship and the time I get to spend with them and how hard it is to spend time with each other um, has definitely changed as, as I've gotten older. Uh, but to see him there in the media room, uh, you know, representing the Kings and, and, and going nuts. I mean, a guy texts me every game day. I get a, a page long text, <laughs> of, you know, go Kings with the, everything below it. So uh, we have a lot of fun and it, it was good to be able to see him in person. I know uh, like getting to a commercial break is never easy with your dad. Is he like that with you where he, like every every question or every answer is is long because your dad is known for like yeah. he, yeah, he yeah, likes to talk so i i kind of have a general rule with him if i don't have a 20 minute window i i don't answer his phone calls <laughs> so it's it, yes he he's very long-winded whether he's on tv or he's at dinner uh every situation he's got a he's got a lot of opinions now you brought up you have kids you guys aren't are you guys a basketball family or are you a volleyball family? Cause I know your wife played. Um, I know you, I've heard that you have like a crew that plays beach down, uh, down in Southern California. Uh, but I mean, I assume you grew up playing volleyball, right? No, I never played growing up. Uh, oh, really? I 
Although my dad's best friend, Greg Lee, who was the point guard of those UCLA teams that won all those championships, when he, when he didn't continue on in basketball, uh, he became king of the beach in AVP. So when we were kids, we'd go to the beach with my dad and Greg Lee, and they would play at Cohasset Street down in South Mission, San Diego, uh, where we grew up at. But my brothers and I never never got into it. They, they had a, a basketball court there, too. So they the adults would play volleyball all day, and uh, us 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 kids would be on the the basketball court playing until the until the sun went down. And but to answer your question, we are a basketball family, and uh, although right now I tell you we're probably my new we're we're kind of a soccer family uh, with with my son now who's seven. He's been uh, he's way into soccer, playing on Sac United and. Uh, like the club team here in SAC, and uh, he absolutely loves it. Two games, uh, two games a day on Saturday, game on Sunday. You know, he's he's all in. So we're we're a soccer family right now. I lived that life for oh, I want to say eight years. Soccer tournaments every weekend. Yeah. Uh, my my oldest played competitive. He played high school. He was all league. Um, and you're gonna miss it. So while it's a a bear getting to those things, uh, when it's over. It, it's just so sad. So, you yeah, know, my son's 18 now. It's it's hard. It, it goes so fast. Um, yeah, so it's funny. You brought up your brothers. Like, they, they're kind of – they live in obscurity. Like, you're so far out in front. Like, what is your relationship there with your brothers? Yeah, it's it's great. You know, we're, we're all very close in age. It's two years apart down the line for the four of us. Uh, grew up doing everything together. Uh, the – Two of them are in SoCal still. One of them's out in Florida. But uh, we've had, you know, good relationships uh, since being kids. You know, besides the occasional fight that ended broken wrists and bloody noses. Besides, you know, we've been uh, we've been good. We've always supported each other. Um, and you know, even though they didn't make it to the pros, you know, I. I I get texts from them after big wins, even even still today. I got the one older brother that's, you know, he's he's got all the answers to everything. It's, you know, <laughs> trades to game planning to to what I should have done, uh, you know. Be, but besides that, it's normally just uh, congratulation type of communication. Now let's get into this season a little bit because this one just feels different, right? Uh, like you had the the first you know, training camp, you guys had to take a trip to India, which knocked the wind out of your sails. Uh, Marvin broke his wrist and uh, broke his hand in the first game. Uh, De'Aaron had that like brutal ankle injury, like 10 games in. Um, and then you had COVID and then the bubble and then COVID again, you know, so many things changed, but this is your first real time to get these guys in a gym and have like a, a real summer and just how has that gone and what is the personality change that you've seen in that team? Yeah, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, what we have been able to do over the last couple of years, even though we haven't had the type of gym time and, and together time we've wanted with uh, the, the world of COVID uh, we have been able to start building those bonds and those relationships that I think are so important to, to uh, having a winning culture. And now that we've actually had a full summer where we could travel, send coaches places, players could could come, um, you know, meet for mini camps, and, and we could start to put the work in behind that that culture that we've been building. Uh, 
it, it's really paid off. And coming into training camp, we were in a good spot, uh, even winning summer league. And I know it's, you know, guys who normally aren't playing in the rotation, but that's that's important to us. And, you know, we, we have the mentality and the mindset like that, that we want to compete a certain way, no matter what it is. And we got off to a, a, a great, uh, we had a great training camp. Guys were pushing each other. Um, guys were making each other better. Uh, had a good preseason. And then to start the season, it's, we're, we're in a good place right now. Um, we have a long way to go, James, as far as where we need to get, um, as far as, you know, the type of team we're going to be. But we're, we got a really solid foundation in, and now it's about continuing to grow and grow and grow together and go through all these um, the, these games and, and, and just keep building. And, and then eventually that will lead to winning consistently and into the playoffs and competing for championships. Now, you're a guy who, who did compete for championships. You were on some great teams. Uh, you played with some of the greatest players to ever, like of this generation, just some incredible players. Just uh, what was it? What's the best culture that you've ever been part of? I mean, because I'm sure there are some good ones, and I know there's at least one or two bad ones in there. But uh, which one stands out to you that was just like, man, this is how basketball is supposed to be? Well, there's two of them. One from my playing days was that championship run we went on uh, once we uh, acquired Pau Gasol into our group. And, and that was a very close group from the bench to the starters, nothing mattered other than us going out and winning. Uh, and, and we, you know, we did dinners together. We talked trash to each other in practice. We got in fights at practice, but there was no question. It was, you know, Kobe and Pow, and we had, we all had each other's back uh, underneath that. Um, so that was, as a player, that was by far the best culture I'd been in. And then as a coach, that first two years I spent up in Golden State, uh, with, with, with Steph and Andre and Clay and Draymond. And that was a group that had grown together and was kind of a, a younger group that, um, you know, did things differently, but they did things their way as far as having fun, the way they played, uh, the joy and, and, and passion uh, that they showed um, was, was, a, was a culture that was like, I'll never forget that. It was you know, people would come in to, to watch us. We were winning every night, you know, defending champions and they'd see the activation lines and the activation lines looked like a circus up there. It was insane. It was music playing. Nobody was doing anything. Balls were being kicked around, but that's what that group was. And, um, you know, those are two, uh, two different types of cultures. We were much more serious down in LA with the one I played on, but both had the one mission the one goal and everyone had each other's backs. And those were kind of the common themes with the two. Now, like you've put this team together over the last couple of years, you've built chemistry. The one guy who stands out to me that just, he's so different um, is Rico Hines. And just how much has he meant to, you know, sort of the con the continuation after the season ends to keep things going in the off season? Cause that really seems like his specialty he has all those uh, those games down in, in LA, and he seems like he's he's everyone's friend, but also everyone's like disciplinarian at the same time. But just a, a guy who makes uh, he makes you guys like uh, it's it's good to have. It's good to have a guy like that who who has bonds with players. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I've known Rico. We used to play against each other. I was at U of A. He was at UCLA at the same time. 
talking about him forever. Uh, never really had a personal relationship with him. Um, but when I got the job up here, he was working for the G League team. And I sat down and I interviewed him and I just, I, I, I loved his energy. And I had talked to former teammates of mine that work with him in the off season. Um, and they pretty much described what you're saying. You love him, but he's he, at the same time, he's on you every day. So I hired him in the player development staff. And from there, I quickly uh, saw the value in what he brings and, and how passionate and how much he cares. And to me, those two things are so big in, in professional sports and in building culture. And when you get somebody that cares and is passionate, uh, you know, you want him around. So what we did was we promoted him to head of player development. And now that we've actually had our first summer of being able to really utilize that, um, he's, he's been a big part in our young players growing. I mean, you look at everyone on our team that's been here from young players and they're getting better. And, and, you know, give the players credit first. It's all about the players and the work that they do. Um, but he's done a really nice job of pushing them and bringing the type of energy that we want. Now, you, you talked about going through the interview process. And, uh, like, I've known Doug Christie for a long time. And when the announcement came out that he was going to be on your staff, um, I was as shocked as anybody, although I've known forever that Doug wanted to coach. Just what went into that decision, especially Bobby – moving to the G league, uh, Doug stepping in, you know, and, and sort of like the switch around And you did have a lot of changes in that coaching staff. Yeah. Well, look, we're always looking to, um, to continue to be open-minded and, 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 and grow as an organization. So uh, I, I had talked to Doug, he had told me he was interested in coaching. Uh, so I did my research. I talked to Vlade, I talked to Peja, I talked to Bobby, uh, guys that I had built really good relationships with that I trusted. And they spoke highly of him. Um, me and him sat down, had a couple of nice, really long talks, more about just basketball in general. And, um, you know, it, it felt right. It felt like, uh, you know, he was somebody that we could add to our staff that even though he doesn't have coaching experience, like we already have a culture put in place. Like, come in, we can help coach you on what this is like and bring your personality and your knowledge and, and your love of the game and your love of the Kings to our group. And, uh, you know, he's been, he's been a very nice addition. It, you know, it, it reminded me a lot of when uh, Steve hired me as his third assistant, my first year coaching. I'd never coached before and our interviews were very casual, but we, we saw the game very similar. And, you know, Steve took a chance on me and I felt similar to that when I was interviewing Doug. So I took a chance on Doug and so far it's, you know, it's a small sample size, but he's been pretty darn good. You know, uh, just sort of the way that you built your coaching staff. I, I remember your first season and, you know, I've covered this team for a long time and that first season you try to do something different. I, I know that in LA, like the, the press clippings were that you brought in a bunch of guys that, you know, and then you try to do something different in your first season in Sacramento. And it felt slightly disjointed. Like it, like just talking to your guys and like, there just wasn't a natural like flow to them. And you've made changes over the last couple of years. Just how much do you think that the changes that you, that, that coaching staff now is better representative of who you are and, and how you want to push forward with this group. 
Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I see what you're saying. But to me, it's also like a big difference in that is like that first year coaching together, um, the staff that I had was new together, too. So yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't like a culture in place. Like if I feel if I had brought my entire staff from L.A. and we just started again, it would have been a lot simpler. But when you you have new coaching members and you have a new uh, players and you're still working on those relationships. I mean, there's so many things from terminology to implementing a playbook to defensive philosophies that not only are the players trying to learn, the other coaches are trying to learn because we're working together for the first time. So, you know, from, from that to having some consistency with the players and the coaches that are around hearing it every single day, it starts to get clean and crisp. You hear players speaking the same language as coaches. And then when a new coach comes in, there's seven coaches talking the same way. So then he starts to get on board quicker. Um, and as you're, to, you know, to your point, you're, you, you know, other coaches leave or you're making moves, uh, you're looking for what, what specifically you know you need from a coach and, and what your team and your players are like. And then you you try to get the, those right pieces in, and I feel really good about the coaching staff that we have right now. Um, you had a a very very long standing relationship with Vlade when you first took this job, and of course Vlade is no longer here. How has that relationship with Monty sort of grown and, and developed over the last couple of years? Because it seems like you guys are pretty much on the same page with whether it's a Bagley situation or whether it's, you know, any of the other situations, how you're going to play this thing and, and how you're going to push forward. Yeah, it's good. And, and that's, it, look, that's a challenge when, you know, when a GM uh, that isn't the one that hire, hires you takes over um, a lot of times it, it just doesn't work um, for whatever reasons. Um, but look, I'm, I, I've, it was very hard on me when uh when Vlade was gone and uh and building that relationship with Monty takes honesty it takes time it takes effort from both sides him being you know his point it's of you me and mine um and our relationship has grown and it is it's it's very strong right now um we you know we talk about where our team is how to get our team to where it needs to go and um you know we're 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 in line and he you know he's look he'll make it clear and i'll make it clear at the end of the day coaching decisions uh are are my call and i value his opinion and his thoughts and front office and and all those things that come with it whether it's trades and drafts at the end of the day those are his calls and he's done uh he's done a great job um so it's you know it's been a, a very nice um what would you call it? Uh, marriage, the the matching, the mat, the, the 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 arranged marriage uh, has been. You know, we're in a, we're in a very good place right now. You know, there's something like I talked to him uh, before the trade deadline, and, and I know a lot of a lot of teams were out to get uh, Harrison Barnes from you guys. He was a very popular name leading up to the trade deadline, and Monty specifically said, if I trade Harrison Barnes now how will that impact my team for the next year the next two years next three years can I find another Harrison Barnes basically 
And that was his reasoning that he told me at the time for why he didn't trade Harrison. And even if it was a big package, but having a guy like that, like Harrison, that, that stuck around and that you hope that sticks around for a long time, just how much has he matured and how much has he grown on you and your time there? And surprisingly, he just seems to keep getting better. And that's not something you usually see when a guy hits year 10 in the league and 29 years old. Yeah, he's, he's been great. He, he is. And, and I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. You don't normally see the, the continuum, the growth happening, you know, year eight, nine, 10 into your, into it. Um, but he came in the league young and he has one of the best work ethics I've ever seen. Uh, so for him, I think a big part of, of where we're seeing a lot more growth is really just ex- expanding and embracing being bigger, being more for us, taking more shots, uh, t- taking big shots down the stretch when we need them. And, you know, having that continuity of him being here and him wanting to be here, those are guys we want. That's part of, of building something special uh, is having the guys here that, that you know, want to be here. And he's, uh, he's one of those guys. He's been absolutely, um, you know, so valuable for us. And, you know, we're, we're lucky to have him. Now you've had a, the season, I mean, we're talking during the season. So, I mean, you guys are off to a strong start. You're three and three, the schedule's hard. We're recording this on Monday. You guys got a couple of games coming up that are, are extremely difficult. Not only is, you know, the jazz and and then a back to back after a four game road trip at home against new Orleans, but um, just the feel of this season, what are you getting from De'Aaron Fox and what do you think? Like he just, for me, he seems like he's still searching and I'm not sure what that is, but he's not the only one. Uh, you know, I, I still, I see Tyrese. He seems like he's doing some of the same searching. Terrence Davis seems like he's still doing some of that same searching, but what is it that you're seeing that needs to happen for these guys to just go? Well, first they, you know, most importantly, keep believing in what was going on and keep working really hard. If you have the belief and you have the work ethic, it will work. And the guys are all doing that right now. Part, you know, part of it is like, look, De'Aaron's been a, a dominant point guard his entire life. We, we now have three point guards and we love that. We think that's eventually going to allow us to be really difficult to defend. Um, but part of it now is also learning how to play off the ball just as much as you play on the ball. Um, some of it is right now is shots not going. It's natural for players to, you know, when the shot's not going uh, to, you know, to for, for it to be like, oh, he's not doing this well. He's not playing as well this year. But if he's making those shots, people are saying, you know, he's great. He's, you know, he's still attacking the rim. We've looked at the numbers. He's he's getting to the paint. He's not getting fouled as much. But no, he is so far this season. Uh, he's putting pressure on the other team's defense. So, you know, to me, De'Aaron is, is doing a, a really good job. He's embracing the three-guard offense. He's He trusts his teammates. Um, he's getting better defensively. And, and eventually the shots will start going for him because he works hard and he believes in his game. And when they do, um, we're going to take another jump forward. Now, you guys are, again, you're playing pretty well. Everything is going pretty well. How is just the feel behind the scenes with these guys? Because this whole new thing where you guys are stacking days and like the focus is on going one and oh each game, 
it feels like these guys are in it and they're super focused. Um, it doesn't always work out. Shots don't always fall. You don't always have the perfect execution, but it seems like you skipped the learning how to, to really play hard and, and learning how to compete stage. And you guys are already in the trying to figure out how to win every single game stage. Yeah. So I wouldn't say we skipped it. I say a big part of it happened this off season and, uh, in, in training camp, um, you know, Monty bringing in guys like Tristan and bringing Alex Lynn back really helped bring him uh, Mo Harkless back really helped us, you know, just from a professional standpoint. And I think you look at that Dallas game as a perfect example. I mean, we got off to an awful start, which unfortunately could have been predicted, right? Like they lost by 30 last game in Denver and we had just won two straight. And as much as you want to talk about it and be aware of it, it happens all the time in the NBA. So we get off to a terrible start. They're, they're, they're making threes. We can't make anything. Um, and we really play the rest of the game without making shots. I mean, for most of the game, we were shooting like 10% from the three-point line, which is a big part of us having success. And all that being said, there were multiple times in that game all the way up to the fourth quarter where we were one or two plays away from taking a late lead again. And ultimately, you know, Luca makes a, a 40 foot three. Harrison's got a steal that bounces off his hands and goes to Finney Smith to get a dunk down the lane. Like it, it, it just went the other way. Uh, but at the end of the night, we couldn't make a shot. We got off to a terrible start and we still by how hard we com we competed and us being on the same page and be certain bench players coming in uh, and giving us a spark, we, you know, we were there. And uh, that's, that's, you know, that's what you want. You know, it's, it's, it's rare that you, you know, you're a team that doesn't get blown out. And, you know, we play Utah tomorrow. Maybe we get blown out at Utah on the last game of this trip. I don't know, but I don't think we will. Uh, you know, the group that I've, that I'm seeing, uh, we had a great practice today. They believe in what they're doing. I think we're going to come out and, and fight with everything we have again tomorrow against what I've said is probably the best team in the NBA for the second time now. All right. So, look, I, I know I can't keep you all night. You've got uh, dinner reservations to get to tonight there in Utah, uh, which that to me is the worst flight in just because it drops so fast. I don't like flying into Utah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys have the same issue, but flying commercial, you drop super fast to get down into the valley there. Um, but uh, you and I had a funny exchange at uh, a shoot around the other day. And it uh, you said, uh, you're dressed nice. I said, I, I always dress nice. And you said, or you asked why I dress so nice. And I said, because I dress for the job I want, not the job I have. And you laughed and you said, well, what if you have the job that you want? <laughs> like you do. And like, that's what you're saying about your job. And I think for, for Kings fans, like you do love your job, right? It's not just that you're a head coach in the NBA, but this group is a good group of young guys. It's a cool city to actually raise a family and stuff like that. You're pretty happy with what's going on, right? I love it. I, I, I love it. I love the guys we're working with. I love being in Sacramento. Um, and I love head coaching. It's, you know, we, we were joking, but I was being dead serious. I 100% have the job that I want. And, uh, and I have a group of guys that I really like working with. Um, you know, we, like I said, we came off a, a tough loss to, to Dallas. We were in Utah. I took them to the gym today, put them through a 40 minute video session 
and told them I needed them to sweat today. I needed them. We weren't going to go contact, but I needed them to really push themselves. Um, and we had a great practice. And, and that's what you want. You, uh, it goes back to, again, you want Harrison Barnes wants to be in Sacramento. That's beautiful. You have guys that are passionate. You have coaches that are passionate. Uh, and they bring that type of energy. And that's what we have with this group. And, and I know we're like a you know, we're long way away from where we need to get to. But I, the, there's a foundation set and we're on the right path. So it's it's exciting for me. All right. Luke Walton, the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Thanks for thanks for joining me, Luke. It's good to have you on a pod. Thanks for having me on. I'll, I'll get dressed up for you next time I come on, James. There we go. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Beat Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.